My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have Kylie and Sophie here from the Not So Simple Life podcast. I was actually on their podcast a couple of weeks ago. We got along so well. I loved everything that they were about. So I decided to have them on our show, my show. (laughs) I don't know who (laughs) we is, but my show. (laughs) We're so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course, Thank we you. had so much fun too. We're happy to keep the conversation going. It was such a nice conversation on our show. Yeah, it was yeah. so fun. We we went over loads of different wellnessy topics, and you guys have so many specialists and guests on your podcast talking about health, wellness, beauty, and all that good stuff. So I really just want to pick your brains in today's episode. What are like? I guess the first question I want to ask: What are the top things that you've learned on this journey of having your own podcast and talking to so many people? Um, in so many different fields. I'd love to know. I mean, our podcast is so broad. So one week we'll have a psychologist on. The next week we may have someone who specializes in intermittent fasting. The following week, someone like you who's amazing with meditation. We have so many different guests. So I feel like the biggest thing I've learned is there's always something more to be learned, honestly. Like every guest brings something so different to the show. And no matter how many times you've covered a skincare topic or a certain way that you should take care of your skin, there's always another perspective and always another thing that you can keep learning and just being open-minded and being willing to try so many different things and learn about different topics has been so amazing for both Sophie and I. We have just learned so much during our podcast episodes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I met amazing people as well. Like everyone we've interviewed has been so lovely and we've made so many good friends through it, which is amazing as well. And also just like our own wellness routines have become so much, so much better since we started doing this because we've picked up so many tips. Like ever since we started doing this podcast, I start now taking CBD and I have all these different sleep routines. My morning routine is completely transformed. Just so many different wellness hacks that we've learned from interviewing so many different experts. It's been really life-changing. How did you guys meet? I'm so curious because obviously you're English, Sophie and Kylie yeah. from New York or somewhere in the States. Yeah. So really funny story. I've actually, me and Kylie have not met many times. We met once at a casting very briefly. We didn't really speak much at all. We were just like, hi, how's it going? Like we knew each other from Instagram. That was it. And then Kylie one day reached out to me during the lockdown. She saw that I was also really passionate about wellness and she wanted to start this journey of creating a podcast and creating something wellness-based. So she reached out to me and was like, would you like to do this with me? And I was like, sure. I mean, I didn't know anything about podcasting at all. So she started sending me podcasts and was like, this is what this one's like. I want to do something on these kind of lines. And that's how that grew. And then we've become best friends through it. So it's been really, it's been very cool. That is amazing. I love this story. It's like good things can come out of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's very New York as well. That's something that I learned in New York is that there's so many different people to meet and Everyone is very open to just approaching anyone in New York, I found. So during the pandemic, I just remember, you know, the few times we did see each other at castings, the energy was always so great. And when I knew I wanted to start this podcast and do it with someone who was just as passionate about wellness, 
Sophie and I had so many different conversations and all over our Instagram page, all covering wellness topics. And I'm like, you know what? Let's do this with a stranger. At the time, she was almost a stranger. I'm like, let's do this because I think it's great that we will be able to just be open and candid. And it's not my best friend who I've talked about my skincare routine to a hundred times. I'm having it with someone else who I actually don't know that much about. So we've always been able to have like really great conversation and good banter between the two of us since we were building our relationship while also building our podcast. That's so cool. So I guess if you go back to like episode one of your podcast, you can hear how your relationship has evolved too. We always say we're going to wait to listen to episode one until we're together in person. I'm sure you can probably relate to this, but you grow so much from episode one to now we're at episode 72 and just you learn so much about how to podcast, what you like speaking on, how to speak. And we're like, you know, that's going to be a tough one to listen to ourselves. Our very first podcast, it was definitely rough, which I feel like is part of the journey when you're just kind of figuring things out. But we're like, let's wait till we're together so we can kind of laugh this one off together. But it will be nice as well because we'll sit there like, wow, we know so much about each other now that we had no idea about then. Yeah, Yeah, I think we have to have a few drinks before we listen to that one just to (laughs) kind of ease the embarrassment. But it's cute. It's going to be cute to listen back to it for sure. That is amazing. Yeah. If if your first podcast episode is good, then you started too late. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what they say. Definitely. I don't even yeah. I don't even want to go. I, I'm like 300 <laughs> episodes in. Like I started wow. Oh, wow. years ago. I yeah. haven't listened to my first episode. I have never removed any of the episodes from the beginning. Like they're all still there. I actually I'm hoping this does not urge people to go back and <laughs> right. I know I'm not getting worried. I'm like guys don't do it. It's not worth listening to just (laughs) listen to the recent ones. (laughs) No, I do know though, for a fact that like, you know, just voice is such a great way to hear like about someone's lifestyle way of living. Even like back then when I was kind of like partying a bit more, my voice was different. Like the sound of my voice was like raspy and like very low. And how I spoke was just different. I think I had already started my personal development journey back when I started, but it was just scratching the surface compared to where I am now in that journey. And um, maybe I'll go back and listen one day and be like, wow, Mm -hmm. I've changed a lot. Totally. Yeah. It's good to see how far you've come. Always good to look back every once in a while. For sure. With all of us. So I want to hear about the modeling industry. You know, both of you guys are models and you met in New York, obviously, and it's a very competitive industry. I know it's probably changed a lot over the past few years, but I would love to hear both of your stories individually and how you became models and how you got there and any struggles that you had along the way and just kind of about your experience. And if you could do it all over again, what would you do differently? Oh, I mean, so my journey started a few years ago. I think I was around 16 when I first started modeling. I was scouted at 13, but I was too young to start. So I had to wait a few years. And I started out in London doing a few jobs here and there. And then after I got out of college, I went and did it full time in London for about a year and a half before making the move to New York, which was the best decision ever. I I will never regret that decision because my career completely changed once I got to New York as I think a lot of things. I think it happens for a lot of models as well. They realize it's such a different world in the modeling industry once you get to New York. Like I worked so much more there and the energy is just so much more alive. So I will never not want to work in New York for sure. But I then got agencies 
after moving to New York, I got my agency there and then I got agencies in every other city. So in Paris and Milan and Brazil and Germany and just kind of branched out from there. So that's really been my story. And then, I mean, for the last two years, I haven't really been doing much modeling because of COVID and I've been kind of hiding away in the Seychelles. So once COVID's kind of died down a little bit, which I'm hoping it's it's going in that direction, then I'll get back to the city and start working again because it's, I love, I love modeling. It's so much fun. So crazy to think back to the beginning of modeling. I feel like both of us have come so far, Sophie. Um, For me, I was scouted at a Taylor Swift concert in Dallas, Texas when I was 16. I hadn't even thought about modeling yet. I had braces. I, I grew six inches in like two and a half years, just grew so fast. I was always the short girl in high or in middle school. And then high school, I just shot up and got scouted and was 16 as well, which I wanted to finish high school before I like even tried anything. So I graduated high school early at 17. I moved to New York and that's where my journey began. And it's been almost six years now, which is so crazy to say. It's been probably the fastest six years of my life and the most fulfilling. I feel like we are in a very humbling industry full of ups and downs and we learn so much about ourselves and learn so much about the world working in our industry because it is such an international group of people that we're always working with. And it's been amazing. I've walked runways that I couldn't have dreamed of walking. I've been on magazine covers that I just like can't even fathom the fact that my face is on the front of magazine covers. And it's just been so fulfilling and has taught me what I want to be who I want to be and where I want to go going forward. Because when you start out in such an intense industry at such a young age, you grow up very quickly and you learn so much about yourself. But I love it. It's great. It allows Sophie and I to also have time to pursue our other passions. So we're able to do our podcast because with modeling, some weeks are busier than others. Some months are busier than others. You never really know. It's a very odd schedule, but it's great because it allows you to pursue things outside of the industry as well. That's amazing. So talk to me about both of you. I'd love your your thoughts on having your career based on looks because I know for a fact that like I've never done modeling or anything. I'm five foot two. It would never happen. Well, maybe nowadays. <laughs> it could now. Absolutely. But I'm not. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it would just, especially being young, having everything so focused on beauty, did you have to do a lot of work on yourself, pers- like your personal development to like make sure that you're mentally good to do this job? Or did you maybe go through low moments of not feeling good enough and and being told by your agencies like, oh, like you need to look a certain way. Like, I would love to hear about those experiences because I feel like that would be such a tough thing to go through as a young woman, um, you know, having everything based on looks and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of personal development needs to come with that, I think. It's a lot of work. And I feel like it's work that isn't going to stop anytime soon. Like I said, it's a very humbling industry. We get way more no's than we do get yeses in our industry. And it is tough because there's only so much you can change about your looks. You can lose a little weight. You can, you know, work out. You can eat clean. You can do the best skincare. But at the end of the day, you can only change so much. And The sad thing about our industry is these girls start out so young. And if you don't have 
the right headspace going into it. And if you're not a strong person mentally, which I think ebbs and flows in life, it's very tough. And Sophie and I have done the work. We've worked really, really hard to almost separate ourselves from that pressure because looking back, I found that the times that I cared the most and the times that I was working the hardest to change something about myself or be someone who maybe I will never be able to be was when things weren't working out. Whereas I feel like when I finally just like let Jesus take the wheel, let the universe come in, whatever it is that leads you. When I finally let go and let that happen and just said, like, I am who I am. I'm going to do my best and let's see what happens. That's when I started booking the jobs. That's when the clients were bringing me back to shoot again. That's when things started to fall into place. So when they're focusing on your looks all the time, you have to just accept like, you're given the body and the face and the look that you're given and you can do the best you can, but that's all you can do. So you have mm-hmm. to just like learn to separate yourselves. And like I said, Sophie and I are still doing the work. It's like just when you think you're in the best headspace, you get put up for a Vogue cover and the girl who gets it looks just like you, but looks a little different. Maybe her jawline's a bit sharper. Maybe she has a stronger face than you. And like, so you start comparing. And so it's very tough. You have to really, really work hard on separating you from separating your looks to who you are yeah yeah and you know, modeling isn't for everyone there's some people who definitely won't be able to handle the rejection that does come along with being in this industry and especially like she said starting so young it's you're very vulnerable so you really do need to have a very good support system and that for me was my family so they always kept me grounded didn't let it get to my head and yeah, it can be tough though. And like, especially when you're hearing all these negative things about you from your agents, whether it's, you know, you have to lose weight or your skin's not good or whatever it is, you have to, you can either accept it, work on it, or just like, you know, not listen to some other, other people's opinions and take it so seriously, because you'll realize in this industry that, that not everyone's going to love you. And some people are going to believe in you and some people aren't. So you just got to choose to believe in the people that believe in you. So for example, like, one day you'll go and do a casting for a job that you really dreamt of doing and a client that you always wanted to work with and it won't go so well. And then your morale is down. You're feeling shit about yourself, but then you never know when you're going to meet a client that is going to absolutely love you. So for like, for me, I would go into castings. And if I had that aura around me where I wasn't feeling my best because I had been told no by a client that I loved that that you, they pick up on that energy. Like the client can feel it and it never goes so well. Whereas if I did go into a casting and it went well, the next casting is always going to go better. Mm-hmm. They're always going to pick up on your positivity and that energy around you. I've always noticed that. So it's all about having a good mindset, ignoring whatever the negative things other people are saying about you and just going in with like a strong, a strong confidence that's going to make the world of difference. Yeah. It's a snowball effect in either direction. So when you start feeling good and you start appreciating all of the things about you, then things start going good and keep going good. But then the second you go the other way and you start beating yourself up and you start nitpicking little things about you and you start, you know, not appreciating what you bring to the table, then it starts snowballing the other direction. You find yourself consistently not booking jobs. So it is all about like keeping up the work and just remembering who you are and what you bring to the table. Right. And I feel like being in that industry, you're getting so many no's and that's normal. Everyone gets loads of no's, even the top models, you know? And Mm -hmm. um, I think that is one of the best 
life lessons someone can learn in business, especially is getting no's does not mean failure. It just means okay, next. I read this chapter in a book once and it was like, no means next. No doesn't mean no, it means next. So, you know, most people fail in business and in life because they get a few no's and they, you know, their morale goes down and they're not feeling good about themselves and they think that's it. They think they failed. But the reality is what if they just tried, you know, a handful more times or even a couple of dozen more times, one of those people might say, yes, it's always, it always comes on like the hundredth Yes. You know, um, mm-hmm. after 99 no's. And, um, I, I think that's, that's a really cool thing to talk about because it applies to everyone models and just normal, you know, other normal jobs, like whatever it is, like if you keep getting no's, just redirect and keep going and keep trying. And then one day you're going to get a yes. If you keep putting yourself out there. And being able to accept that you're not for everyone. You're never going to be for everyone. And that's with friends. That's with whatever industry you're working in. It it doesn't matter. You're not for everyone, but you'll find your someone, whether it's your client that you work for consistently or your best friend or your business, you'll find your place, but you're never, ever going to be able to make every single client and every single person happy. And it just is what it is. And it takes time to realize that you have to go through a lot of growth until you can finally sit back and just accept that. Yeah. Yeah. And something I've noticed, like with a lot of the supermodels, they don't make it until later on in life. A lot of people have this, there's this rumor that modeling ends when you turn 25 and yeah. that's just not the case anymore. There's so many girls like Elsa Hosk. She, I think she made it when she was what, like 28 and suddenly she blew up and was everywhere. And there's so many famous girls that got told no so many times and didn't get into their dream agency. And they all have that journey as well. So it's just like, it's even more motivation just to keep going and keep trying because you never know when that moment's going to come for you and you're just going to blow up and everything's going to go in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So now I want to bring things to the more health and wellness um, conversation. I would love to know, you know, both of you, like what you do for your health and wellness daily, obviously as models, you need to make sure, you know, your skin and your body's looking fit and you're feeling really good and you're glowing and radiating. How, like what, what are kind of your top wellness and health um, things that both of you do to ensure that you're in this ultimate, you know, I guess, beauty standard (laughs) uh, way of looking, which is not a bad thing. And I know a lot of people, you know, in in the world today are like, oh, like, you know, it's, you shouldn't talk about looking fit. It's, you know, body positivity, which I I'm all for body positivity, but I think it's also, um, you know, just reality that this, in this industry, that's what people look for. You know, it's part of our job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not working out to, I mean, some people are working out to just for image, but at the end of the day, it's so good for your mental health too. So like I do it for my mindset more than anything. And also because like, I want to be toned and I want to have the physique that I want, but movement is definitely something I try to do every day, whether it's even a 10 minute stretching routine that just like puts me in a good headspace. It makes me feel like my circulation's good and my energy levels are up. So movement for sure. And if it's not just, and I love to do Pilates or yoga. That's my go-to workout choice and I haven't done an hour workout in a very long time actually since before the since before lockdown I when I was going to classes then that was an hour long workout but ever since then I've realized that 20 minutes to 30 minutes of working out and doing like toning exercises actually works the best for me and works the best for my body and then in terms of skincare obviously 
we have to take care of our skin. It's just as important as our physique and getting in shape as well. But we are obsessed with anything with vitamin C in it and also SPF. SPF is the most important. So we cannot get any of that sun damage. And so you'll find this with agents here. If you're in the modeling industry, I'm sure your agents have told you off if you've come back looking really tanned. Yes. <laughs> They're like, what have you been doing? Why have you been lying in the sun? Yes. And so we've learned over time that you can't do that. If you get freckles, that they're angry at you. So because mm-hmm. they, they know that the sun is going to damage your skin. So you got to kind of stay out the sun, use SPF every day. And then in terms of what else can we talk about? Well, I think it's all comprehensive. I think that's something that both of us have learned in just trying to take care of ourselves to look our best and feel our best. Because I think when you're truly feeling your best on the inside is when you look the best on the outside. And consistency, I think, has been the biggest thing for both of us. Consistently moving our body each day, consistently staying up and consistently staying, oh, consistently keeping up with our skincare, consistently eating as clean as we can while also enjoying life. Because I think having truffle French fries is just as good for your well-being as is eating super healthy. Sometimes you just have to eat those fun things. And staying super, super regimented, I guess I would say. Some people would call it boring and some people would think it's crazy that I wake up and start my morning the same each day. But we've found the things that help us feel our best. And by keeping up with those habits, it helps us look our best. So Pilates, yoga, skincare, eating. We both, we're not plant-based, but we like to eat a lot of plant-based foods while also having a little bit of meat helps us. We, um, we love our superfood packed smoothies. We just try to constantly fuel ourselves for the better because there's so many things that will fuel yourself in the opposite direction, like alcohol. We, we love to have a good time, but we balance out that by moving our body the next day. And so it's like a lever that we're always trying to balance. But when we find that balance, that's when we see ourselves looking the best, which was something that took many, many years for us to figure out many, many experimentations. We tried all the diets, we tried all the fad things, and none of that really works. What works is just finding your individuality in the wellness space and finding out the things in wellness that make you feel good and feel your own body. Whereas my things are different from Sophie sometimes. And also I think it's very important not to be too strict with yourself when it comes to these kind of routines and wellness habits, because if it becomes too obsessional, then it's not going to benefit you whatsoever. Like for me, I realized when I was focusing too much on what I was eating and stressing over the smallest little things, like how many pounds I'm gaining here or there, Mm -hmm. I would just get, I would, my skin would break out. I'd get eczema. I was just inflamed and I was not, I wasn't happy. So I realized when I just stop and think and take a minute just to like care for myself and not care so much about what it says on the scale or what I'm eating that night, just, I became a happier person. I look better for it. And I just feel healthier all around. So like today I went and had a burger and chips, like (laughs) then tomorrow I'll probably have a salad. You know, it's just about balance. I don't, I'm not strict with it. I'm very, very, I'm very relaxed when it comes to it, but I'm just aware of it. So I'm just mindful when it comes to what I'm eating and what I'm doing during the day. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I used to be very strict with my food and I've been through phases of having slightly disordered eating. Um, and back in the day, like, you know, five years ago, it was more like binging. Like I was having, I had a huge issue with just like overeating and Mm -hmm. like, I, yeah, I've been through it with my body. I'm very, very grateful that now I'm at this place where 
I don't think about food in an unhealthy way at all, whether it's under eating or overeating. I just eat intuitively and I have a beautiful relationship with food now. And it took a long, long time of, you know, consistent personal work to get there. Um, but what I was trying to get to is, you know, it's so funny because when you just allow yourself to relax and be intuitive and enjoy certain foods when you're craving them, but also balance it out with, you know, let's say if you had a burger today and tomorrow, maybe you're just physically going to feel like you want a salad because you just had a burger mm -hmm. yesterday. You know, like when you start really being in tune with your body and not just thinking about what I should be eating, uh, what I should be doing because I had this and more just like, what do I want? What does my body need right now? You know, I used to think that when I got to that point where if I, if I ever did that, I would just put on weight because, oh, intuitively I'd want to eat so much and this and this, but the opposite actually happened. And I'm curious to know if this happened for you guys too. Like once you just released control, like you actually like don't gain loads of weight and you just made yeah. a happy, healthy body. And, you know, it's not like we're all so scared when you're, when you're in that disordered eating cycle, like you're so scared just to not be so controlling because you think that you're just going to put weight on if you're not controlling. But then when it actually happens and you actually like release the reins and you're just like, let my body do what it needs to do. I'm going to give it what it needs. Like I personally have maintained at my happiest body for a long time now by doing that. And, um, mm -hmm. it, I never thought that would ever be possible. So I couldn't agree more. I feel like I came to this real realization during COVID last year, obviously when the pandemic started, we lost control of so many things that maybe we were holding very tight control of before COVID. For example, I have all of my favorite clean eating spots here in the city. I was home in Dallas with my family. I, I grew up in suburbia. It's not so clean there when it comes to clean eating. And I ate whatever my mom made for dinner. And I was so, so stressed out about it. At the beginning, I was like, you know, we didn't know how long this pandemic was going to be. At first, we thought it was just a month or so. And I'm like, I'm going to go back to work in a month or two. And I'm going to have gained so much weight because I'm not eating any of those clean foods that I was so religiously eating in New York. Meanwhile, it was not near as healthy and clean, but I didn't gain any weight. I didn't gain any weight because I feel like as long as I was still listening to my body and eating as much as I felt like I needed to eat and not overeating, not undereating, just like fueling myself to feel good. I didn't gain any weight. And I feel like living intuitively is like the only way to live. It's the same with skincare. I need a thick moisturizer today. It's the same with movement. Like I am not going for a run today. I just need to stretch myself out for 15 minutes. I feel like once you reach that point, you realize that control is not what's going to give you the result. It's just being able to listen to your body. And that's when your body responds the way that you're looking for it to respond. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same experience during lockdown as well. Like, I think I was probably in the best shape I've ever been in. Yeah. And I was, you know, drinking a lot. I was like, just so relaxed and eating chocolate in the evenings and not giving, not caring about what was happening or what I was eating really, because I didn't have any work stress. I didn't know. I didn't have a casting the next day that I was stressing over. And I was like, God, I'm going to be bloated tomorrow if I eat this. I was just eating what I wanted to eat and just feeling really good. And also doing these 20 minute movements every day, sleeping in and I felt so amazing. My skin was the best it's ever been and my body looked incredible. So I realized that just not stressing about work and not having the pressure, I felt the best ever and I looked the best too. So it definitely makes a big difference. Yeah. 
Like when a big shoot comes up, I used to find out about the shoot and say, okay, I have eight days until this shoot. I'm not eating any of this. I'm not doing any of this. I'm staying in. I'm going to do all the things to be perfect. So I look perfect for this shoot. And I was never happy with how I looked and felt on the day of the shoot. Now I find out about a shoot and I just keep living my life. Sure. I'll like cut back on a few things. Like maybe I'll save my cocktails with friends for after the shoot, like things like this. But when I put the pressure on myself, I think my body felt that pressure and my body didn't respond well to it. Whereas now it's like, yeah, I've got seven days until I'm shooting the cover of Vogue Mexico and I'm just going to take care of myself. I'm not going to put pressure on myself because when the pressure comes, it it doesn't work. And I feel like that's been a very, very important thing that Sophie and I have both learned over the years. Yeah. Your body will like reject that fear and stress mm-hmm. and, and be bloated because of it, like, or break out because of it. It's totally. not a good feeling being in that fight or flight mode. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, but this has been yeah. such a fun episode and I love chatting with you guys. Where can everyone find you and listen to your podcast and, and find you on Instagram and all that jazz. So you can find us on Instagram at the not so simple life podcast. And we are also on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and we have released a new episode every single Tuesday. So you will have to go and check that out. And yeah, where else are we? We have a website, which is www.tnsslife.com. So you can go to our website and check it out. We have a whole section on there where you can go and shop all our favorite products and catch up with old episodes and all that stuff. And I'm on Instagram at the not, and I'm on Instagram at Kylie Vanami. And like Sophie said, we are on our podcast platform and we'd love to have all of you guys join us for an episode. Please listen to Mimi's episode. It was one of our favorites and Mimi, we've had so much fun coming onto your show. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Thank you so much. I should probably drop my own personal on there as well. I'm at yeah. Sophie Longford on Instagram. But yes. Thank you so much, Mimi. It has been so much fun.